When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Callum Wilson. And he scores it. What a day for Callum Wilson. The first hat trick of his career. Bournemouth lead by four goals to two. Welcome to Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast, and we're so glad to be back for the 2016-17 Premier League season. Now, it has been a little while since we were last on air, so I suppose we had better reintroduce ourselves. I suppose so. Well, my name's Sam Davis, and I'm coming to you all the way from Sunny Pool. Well, Parkstone to be precise. And my name is Sean Barker, and I'm coming to you all the way from Sunny Pool. Well, Parkstone to be precise. Huh? Sean? That's weird. I don't know if Skype's playing up, but there seems to be an echo. Can you hear that? Oh, Sam, there's no echo. Well, apart from the daily echo that's in my hand. Huh? Sorry, Sean, I still don't get it. Sam, look behind you. What? Sean, you're here. You're not in New Zealand. How? What? Why? This is unbelievable. (laughs) Uh, Sam, I do like surprises and I like to surprise you. And you as well, listener, because that is right. I have flown back to the UK for this special pre-season edition of Back of the Net. And I can't wait to get stuck into all things AFCB on this episode. But before we get started... Sam, I still see you wearing the same old shirt you always wear. I know, I know, it's last year's home kit, but Sean, I see that you've been spending some of your hard-earned cash. Well, Sam, there had to be some kind of benefit from Brexit, and I think I've found it, because boy, my dollar's going a lot further, because I am indeed sporting the brand new Premier League Bournemouth home shirt, and I like it a lot. 
It's even got the new Premier League logo on the sleeve. Incredible. Wonderful shirt. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan. So, anyway, though, that's enough fashion. What is coming up on this edition of Back of the Net? We discuss the pre-season friendlies so far, including an extended look at the Valencia match on Wednesday night, where the Cherries held the La Liga big guns to a one-all draw at Dean Court. Now, before we go all guns blazing with our transfer review, which is in the next episode, we are briefly going to run over the squad changes and provide some knee-jerk thoughts on what we've seen so far from these new recruits. Hmm, interesting. As well as this, we make our predictions for the season, and whilst we're at it, I'll be introducing you to a brand new free competition that you can be joining in with throughout the season on Back of the Net. Yeah, we'll also remind you of what you can expect on each and every podcast throughout this season. For instance, do you remember? Do you remember? Amazing. And I also can't wait for the pun, Sean. And also, Mr. Barker himself is going to be providing some info on a little meet-up that we've got planned before the Manchester United game over by the Cricket Pavilion on Kings Park, where I'm told Sean himself will be putting on beers, champagne, volivants, and a whole uh, load um, of... Sorry, Sam. Um, I don't think I mentioned anything of the sort. Well, I mentioned the meet-up, but... Uh... <laughs> That's as far as it went. But anyway, whilst you're in dreamland over there, let's crack on and talk about Wednesday's 1-1 draw at home to Valencia. This is Steve Jones and you're listening to Back of the Net. So Bournemouth were held to a one-all draw by Spanish opponents Valencia as a goal either side of half-time meant the Cherries remain unbeaten so far in the pre-season schedule. Benicafobe cancelled out Enzo Perez's goal amongst plenty of chances for both sides who chose to field fairly strong squads. Now, I was watching the game alongside Mr Sean Barker here, but Sean... You're in the UK. You're in my living room. What's going on? I know I am. Yep. So for those listeners maybe new, I normally reside in Wellington, New Zealand and have done for nine years now. Prior to that, 15 years season ticket. And just before Bournemouth started getting good, I left. Man, that sucks. So I normally watch from afar and obviously Sam's the uh, eyes on the ground. But I'm back on holiday and I've managed to tie it in, coincidentally or not, with this game and also the Man United game. Hmm. Well, it's great to have you back, Sean. And tonight, you're one of 8,107 people at Dean Court watching Valencia. So, what did you think of the game? Um, as pre-season games go, it was alright, actually. It had its moments where you're like, ah, yeah, how long's left? Hmm. But, um, no, it was, I mean, for me, it was just, I just loved being back in the ground. So, it was great to see old faces and to see the, the new players um, that I've been reading about. Uh, in terms of the game, what did we see? Well, we saw a couple of good goals, really. And, uh, yeah, it was OK. It was it was one of the better pre-season friendlies. Yeah, I mean, for parts of the first half, I did think that it was going to turn into a bit of an exhibition game. Um, however, the second half drastically improved. Um, Eddie Howe used 17 players in the game. Now, I thought this was going to be the game where he would be playing as good as what he considers his full-strength eleven, But obviously, there was that hastily arranged fixture, which has caused a bit of uproar against Angers in France on Saturday. So it looks like he's going to be fielding his other players 
in that game. But we did see some players uh, for the first time live, well, you especially did, that um, you must have been impressed by. Uh, yeah, like for me, seeing Ibe, that he's an exciting player and there are plenty of times when um, he was, you know, making really good runs forward, getting attacking players and just kind of getting his way past players. OK, I liked him in the midfield and I liked the shape with Lewis Cook and Sermon. Brad Smith, man of the match. Potentially a little bit controversial. Yeah, I thought that his first half performance um, wasn't too great. Now, in the second half, I thought he was brilliant. He got into some great positions, linked up really well with the strikers, putting a few good balls. But the first half, he I think I remember three or four times where he miscontrolled it and the ball just went off the pitch. Yeah, and there was some other times where he was under quite a lot of pressure, although they were putting a lot of players down that right-hand side. Their number two, especially, was getting back forward quite a lot so I, I don't know I also maybe it's a bit harsh to say he was a bit of Jekyll Hyde performance but I think there was a lot of pressure on him and maybe he wasn't getting so much support from Gradle which to be fair last season at times we did find from Gradle where he maybe wasn't being as defensive minded as he could have been so I don't know how much of that but he got forward and he looked like from afar he looked like he was kind of Phil Jones kind of body shape but he's actually pretty quick isn't he um, he really is, and uh, I, I did think in the second half uh, he he did do really well. But there were other players that I thought um, we've seen a little glimpses of them already. Uh, Lewis Cook against Reading, he scored that quite fantastic goal when he was one on one. But there were a number of um, quality moves that he was involved in. Um, one of the ones that he actually started off actually resulted in our first sort of major chance of the game, and that's when uh, Benikafobe. Uh, eventually had a shot and I think it was blocked or something like that and that was um, towards the end of the first half Um, however straight after that we saw a quite spectacular goal would you say spectacular is the word Uh, it was pretty good Hmm. it was a tidy tidy finish Um, yeah go on because not everyone's going to be able to see this game so just talk us through Sam how did the goal happen yeah, well, it was an absolute brilliant move. Remember against Manchester City at home last season, there was a ball played forward, and I think it was, uh, who's the guy from Manchester City? The guy, uh, Sammy Nasri, I think it was, who did a little touch-off, and he found Kevin De Bruyne. It was a bit similar to that, um, but effectively the ball was played forward, and the striker did this little touch-off, which took... Uh, three or four AFC Bournemouth defenders out of the equation. It found Perez, who looked like he was going to shape to shoot on his left, but then cut in on his right. And when he had a clear chance on goal, I thought he might just stroke it, side-foot it along the ground. He didn't. He instepped it into the top right-hand corner, and it was well and truly out of Arta Boric's reach, and it left it 1-0 to the visitors. But the North Stand, where you and I were sat, Sean, everyone was clapping. A lot of people were clapping. I've... I'm a bit of a stickler for... I don't clap away goals when I'm in the home end. It's just a... I just don't feel comfortable with it. But lots of people did clap it, and I did see you clap as well. (laughs) I was disgusted with you then, Sam. I have to apologise. But it wasn't long before Bournemouth got into it. Um, Quick comment before that, though. The half-time sequence of the dizzy penalties. Um, Some (laughs) of the uh, Chinese lads that were playing, obviously there was maybe a bit lost in translation, but they spent about 
30 seconds just sort of getting themselves together after spinning <laughs> 12 times. Yeah, so for those that don't know, what happens is, is uh, Mike Bodder gets some fans out onto the pitch. There's a ball on the kind of edge of D of the penalty area and you have to hold your hand on the ball and you're meant to get your head as close to the ball as you can. You spin around 12 times and then you're meant to stand up, run to the ball that's on the edge of the box, hit it and try and hit the crossbar. But yeah, the first guy yeah, took took an age, sized it up. It was like watching Dan Carter for the All Blacks about a slot, a nice three points through the post. And then he slotted it in the bottom corner and seemed quite happy with that. Then his mate had a go, literally took about three minutes of the run-up, completely any dizziness went. Um, so yeah, but that was good fun. And Sam, we're going to be at the Man United game. I want us to be out there and I want to take one of those shots. Should we, should we get everyone to tweet Mike Botto and just to say... Salvatore, you can see his Twitter handle on our bio for AFCB podcast. Get Salvatore doing the dizzy penalties. I'll rattle the bar. Now, the other thing I've just got to discuss about half time, and this I was a little bit unhappy. You know, now we're Premier League, everything's painted in the stadium, everything looks lovely, there's signs up everywhere, you know, it's it's all very smart. But I got my hot dog, I go to the sourcing station, and I get non branded ketchup. <laughs> Like, we're Premier League. Surely we should be Heinz by now. It's not good enough, is it? It's, it's the equivalent of going to one of those greasy spoon cafes and they've got the ketchup, which is some cheap ketchup, in, in a squeezy tomato-shaped plastic thing. It's, it's not good. You know, Come on, Jeff, have a word. We need to get some Heinz. You know those squeezy plastic tomato things, right? Yeah. They were invented in New Zealand. No way. Yeah, we, we invented... A tomato-shaped tomato sauce dispenser. That's a fact of the day. We need to do a new feature on this podcast. Well, there was certainly a lot of smiles then at half-time. And, well, the smiles turned to cheers on 53 minutes. It was a wonderful move, probably the move of the game. Well, if you're a Bournemouth fan anyway. The ball was played forward to Max Gradle. He then backheeled it to Francis, who I wouldn't say you called it a cross, but he, he kind of dinked it into the path of Benicophobe just over the... Uh, the leaping Valencia defender who chested down and then with his instep fired with his right foot into the middle of the net from about eight yards out. It was a great goal, Sean. It was. It was a really great finish. And just to touch on some, I guess, some positional things and tactical things of the game, uh, Francis actually had, was, obviously was playing as, as centre-back, which is where we all presume he now will be at the heart of the defence as captain. But he shifted across to right back, and we actually, Adam Smith had been right back before, but in the time that he was there, there was two or three chances created, and it just made me remember how good Francis is at right back. And as well as he's done at centre-back, there's part of me thinking, I don't know, I think he sh- could still be doing a job on the right, which then highlights potentially even more the whole debate around how many centre-backs we've got because it feels like we're classing France as a centre-back. But I, from that, it was like, oh, hang on a minute, that that was a really great performance. And then the goal came from him, the classic Francis getting up high up the pitch. And quite worryingly, well, for you at least, it seemed like you saw that Adam Smith almost seemed to be hobbling off the pitch, did you think? Yeah, well, he went off injured and he was sat on the on the dugout. But then I noticed with 10 minutes to go or whatever it was, he, he got up, walked off down the tunnel, but he did seem to be limping quite a lot. So that could be a bad sign because then you're starting to go, well, 
you know, already are we looking even lighter at the back? I mean, Union O'Kane came on and he ended up playing right back for mm. the last however many minutes, which I don't think we, I don't know if we've ever seen him at right back before. No, that's right. I mean, we're going to be talking on the next episode uh, more in depth about new players and players that have come back from injury. And Tyrone Mings has been touted as being maybe what, the answer to our our central defensive problem. But yeah, we saw the introduction of Jordan O'Kane, Sean McDonald, uh, Matt Butcher, uh, Jordan Green, and Anjuli uh, after ninety minutes. Uh, who came on for a for a cameo sort of two minutes appearance? But as I say, seventeen players um, came on. Your overall thoughts on the on, on the game, Sean? Um, I think I, I like the midfield three. I really like um, Aki with Sermon and Cook, um, Lewis Cook. There was it was times when it, we were playing the like too deep, like the kind of more traditional, well, now traditional, the four two <coughs> three one. Sorry, oh, just coughing. It's all this uh, excitement of being back on the show with Sam. Um, so I like that shape where um, you could clearly see there was Sermon and Aki both sitting deep, potentially gives us better protection than last year at times when it was just Sermon on his own, kind of isolated. Lewis Cook, I'm already loving this guy. The energy he's got, and he's just like snapping at the heels all the time, mm. um, just not letting up, getting forward, getting back. And then at times we would the, the three would all sit deep and kind of come really solid as a three in the middle. I really like that. Um, I'm still concerned a lot of the times, though, we ended up 4-5-1 with a Fobe up top, isolated, and for all our... We did create chances, and I know it's a friendly and all that kind of stuff, but it felt like it was more when we were counter-attacking or it was fast attack play, not so much that kind of slow build-up in the final third. So that's, I think, was a problem last year. At times, we just looked a bit toothless. And I I felt at times tonight we did because Afobe was on his own and he didn't really, he's not really the Wilson Channel or the King Channel kind of player. So there's still some things I think we need to iron out. And Eddie himself has said we've still got a, a way to go. And we have, but we've only got two weeks to go. So we need to start pulling it together. But overall, um, yeah, Gradle, Gradle started off slow, I think, but ended up really strong as if he grew in confidence Ibe I think looks fantastic Fobe scored a goal and again as uh, he can play as bad as he likes but if he's going to score us goals that are going to win us points then I don't care you do that all, all season Bennett um, Steve Cook played some delightful crossfield balls like he could do Boric had some good moments and had some interesting moments so yeah all in all um, we didn't lose we were playing a quality side at times we didn't have the ball for a while, and we we held a good shape, and yeah, we move on. Hmm, very interesting. So that was our fifth preseason friendly, but we have actually played four preseason matches before this. So now it's time for me to give my preseason update, and I'm going to let you, Sam, use my news booth because I packed it in my hand luggage, and it's here right now. So go on, you run over there, get in the news booth. Let's see what you've got. Minnesota keeper literally throws the game as Cherries win stateside. 
Cherry's pre-season got underway with a tour to America, and like last season, it culminated in a match against soon-to-be MLS side Minnesota United. Bournemouth ended up winning 4-0 with a couple of goals from Callum Wilson and one from Lewis Graben, and then a crazy-owned goal from United keeper Ndiok. Credit goes to the American side for making a viral media campaign after the blooper with a 30-second YouTube video with the hashtag Blame it on the jelly, after it was claimed that it was jam on the goalkeeper's gloves that caused the calamitous mistake. Three is the magic number. Yes, it is. (laughs) Bournemouth continued their pre-season campaign with a three-all draw away at Portsmouth. Goals from Lewis Graben... Jordan Ibe and Dan Gosling look set to be enough to ensure the Cherries came out on top. However, a late strike from substitute Adam May meant that it ended on as even at Fratton Park. No Yan, but plenty of yawns in stalemate. Former Cherry starlet Kermigant sadly did not turn out for this match against the Biscuit Men at the Majetsky Stadium. However, the championship side did provide a stern test for the Cherries as they held us to a 1-1 draw. Lewis Kirk's first goal in a Cherry shirt gave the visitors the lead before John Swift drew the host level early in the second half. With one eye on the following day's pre-season home friendly against Cardiff City, Howe named a strong side. He handed a full debut to Nathan Aki, who started on the left-hand side of central defence alongside Francis, whilst Max Gradle, fresh from signing a new four-year deal at the club, also returned, having been suspended for the trip to Portsmouth. I'd be happy with that goal, as Jordan scores a screamer to win the game. Bournemouth kept up their unbeaten pre-season record with a 1-0 win over Cardiff City at Vitality Stadium. It was a successful afternoon as Ibe's fine solo effort on the 11th minute ensured the Cherries ran out winners over the championship side. Howe named an entirely different 11 to the side that travelled up to Reading less than 24 hours earlier with the new signing Brad Smith lining up at left-back whilst fellow former Liverpool teammate Ibe also made his home debut. Howe also received a timely boost with the return of Adam Smith, who has been sidelined since last season through injury at right back. Sam's pre-season Bournemouth News. All right, well done, Sam, for uh, bringing us the club news there. Just, oh, just careful on your way out, mind the little step. Uh, good uh, use of the news booth. Um, noticed there was some puns there in the titles that it was almost like I was in the room writing them for you. It's it's really weird that, but uh, yeah, I thought that I wrote those puns really well, I think, and they came across as being very funny, don't you think? I thought they were great. I re- really, really great. Mm. Now, um, yeah, good rundown. Seems like generally it seems a pretty good pre-season. Obviously, we've got this game against, well... Angers, I think it's fair to say. Let's let's call this game against the Angers. So there's been quite a storm on online about this game. We're playing against the League One side in France. 
where uh, Bournemouth fans were given three days' notice that, hey, we're off to France, and, you know, it's 600 quid for a ferry now, but apparently the French club have been advertising it for, what, like the last month? That's what I've heard, yeah. People on social media, not so happy, but were they going to go? No, I think it's just getting a bit irate because of miscommunication, but we live and learn, don't we? Well, I don't know if we do. I think we just live on live on a bit. Anyway, it's, part of me kind of likes the fact we're still slightly tin pot. Yeah. If everything was crisp and we had press releases everything, maybe we need this every every now and then. But What we should have had, what we should have had is some fan thoughts, Sean, because we regularly have fan thoughts on the show, don't well, we? Sam, I think you've just done a little seamless link into the next part of this outro, which is discussing the regular features we have on the show. So if you are a new listener, welcome. We love you. If you're a, a, an old or a young, but a regular listener, we love you too. Um, so normally what we'll have every week, after every game, we will bring you a show. It's normally about an hour or so um some of the things we have we have the fan thoughts so there's a phone line which is no one 202 number that you can call immediately after the games and give us your 30 or 40 second thoughts on what you've just seen or you don't have to have been at the game you could be watching it on tv and you can record yourself on your phone or on your laptop email us the audio file um so we that's a really good part of the show we enjoyed hearing your thoughts we then review each game, break it down. I love talking about goalkeeper positions and tactics and stuff like that. Sam likes to talk about the weather and players' hairstyles, you know. And Well, I end up noticing people in the crowd and little things that happen, people clapping things that they shouldn't be clapping and things like that. <laughs> oh, actually, talking about... If you do get to see online, we've posted a link on our Twitter page, which is to um, some highlights of the Valencia game. When a Fobe scores, check out Andrew Sermon. Does a really cool little fist pump. He's, no one else celebrates. He does a little fist pump. Then he realises it's a friendly. But it's a very exciting. It's, it was like when you go into school on Thursday and then the teacher tells you on Friday it's a mufty day. That was Sermon's reaction. But anyway, that's kind of the things we do. We preview the upcoming games. We talk about any injuries. We kind of touch on the opposition. Um, we have regular features. So um, we've got to speak to Steve Jones with a great interview. We also got to speak to Big Fletch, Steve Fletcher, which was just an incredible interview. Great opportunity to talk to him. Um, we've done a review on overseas fans. Sam's been to the Cherries Cafe. Sam's been to the under-18s. Uh, he's been to the women's game so we try and bring you features not every week but as often as we can there's also do you remember which is where we do a little quiz where we test your knowledge of players past so there's all that kind of stuff that we do um so that's what you can look forward to but sam there's also something new that you're bringing to the show this year Brand, brand new, and I'm really excited about this, and it's a great chance for everyone to get involved. It's a brand new, fun competition from Back of the Net, and it gives you the chance to win great AFC Bournemouth-related prizes, as well as just taking part in a weekly fun bit of competition where you need to predict the score of the next AFC Bournemouth game Guess the first scorer as well as the minute of the first goal. I'll tell you how it works in simple. That's what you need to do. Just predict. But you get two points for guessing the correct outcome, five for guessing the correct score, five points for guessing the correct first scorer, and ten points for guessing the correct first goal minute. Now, over the course of the season, you need to predict 25 matches. You don't have to do each and every one, just as long as by the end of the season you've done your 25, there'll be a league table on our website, but we'll be revealing the top three people in the league on each and every podcast. Do remember, 
It's completely free to enter. And Sean, you've entered as well, haven't you? I have, and notoriously awful uh, predictions. So my team is in, my team is called Jason Brissett's Left Boot. And I I'm fancy my chances. I reckon I'm going to come good this year. And let's just go back. I just want to do a little plug, actually. Do check out in our podcast archives on our website the interview with Steve Jones because he makes some excellent comments about Jason Brissett, who said that on his day... Jason Brissett was a world-class footballer, but he just didn't have many of them. Yeah, that's right. So that's Predictor Score, and you can register now at afcbpodcast.com forward slash predict, or just go to our website, links at the top. And also, you probably know by now that Back of the Net is a free-to-download podcast, and it is produced from the goodness of our hearts each and every week during the season. We just want to say that if you find value in listening to our show, then you might want to consider a small donation because it helps to pay for equipment, hosting, the telephone calls when we're calling for the interviews, the recording software licenses and all that kind of stuff. Now, if you feel as though you can spare a few quid, kisses to you. Uh, You can make a payment via our website. Don't worry, it's all secure. Your payment's encrypted and it's uh, processed nice and safely. And all you've got to do is just go to afcbpodcast.com slash donate. We'd really appreciate any help we can get and uh, it just helps keep the show alive. Now, the other way you can also donate is through our merchandise Oh, yes. Yeah, so and I hopefully you're going to see us wearing these at the opening game. So if you go on our website, we have our Back of the Net T-shirt, which is Eddie Had a Dream. So you can actually order that on the website. And again, that it's kind of ways to help us. We've got to kind of find ways to um, help cover the cost. We really love bringing you the show. And we're getting over 2,000 listeners to every show now. So it's, it's really cool. And thank you so much for your support. But if there is any way you can just help us keep it going on going, we'd really appreciate it. But I think that's enough of the Bob Geldof stuff for now. You know, we might hit you with it again. But other than that, Sam, um, what else do we need to talk about? Well, also, get your friends to listen. And if you're a listener and you just listen every now and then, well, why don't you press the subscribe button? If you're listening on iTunes via your iPod, you can subscribe through there. You can also listen to the podcast in many different ways on YouTube. We're on Mixcloud. We're on Acast, we're on your Windows phone, we're on your Android phone, everywhere you can listen. Go to afcbpodcast.com and there is a link that says how to listen and on there you'll find all the information about how you can tune in. We don't want you to miss a thing. Now Sam, what I want to talk about now is the opening game. So we're at home against Manchester United and we're going to do this little informal get-together. It's a back-of-the-net community hug yeah well it, we might end up in a hug that's not the whole aim of it and um, what we've decided is because it's a one thirty kickoff you know a lot of the bars if you normally go to a pub a lot of the pubs can't open till midday or twelve thirty because of the licensing laws so what we've said is from 11 o'clock on the sunday we are going to be on the grass next to the stadium, in front of the Cricket Pavilion. So you know where that is. Um, I don't know what it's called. Yeah, it's Kings Park yeah, Cricket right. Pavilion, I guess. Um, we're going to bear. We're going to have a football. There'll be some blankets down. We're going to bring a couple of beers. So if you wanted to come and join us, we'll talk about the show. We'll talk about 
Bournemouth. We'll talk about Jason Brissett. We might have a game of football. We might have a beer together or a juice. So bring the family. And we just want to have a bit of fun. So why not? It's the kick. It's the opening game. So you will find us there as long as the weather's good. Let's just put that in. If it's wet, oh, I don't know about that. We'll see. We'll certainly update you via Twitter if it's off. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. but look, let us know if you want to, if you are going to come down on our Facebook page or on our Twitter page. But we'll be there from eleven a.m. That's on the day of the Man United game in front of the Cricket Pavilion at Kings Park. Let's just have a nice meet up back then. It meet up, have a game of footy, and then let's go and watch us pick up those three points. Yeah, that's right. So of course. We're going to make our predictions for the Man United game in the next podcast, where we go over our our transfers as well. But at this stage, it's a bit early to say, Sean, but I just want to just maybe get a foot in the door and just see how you're feeling about position-wise. I mean, next week, I'm going to pin you down for your cast-iron prediction. I'm going to put it in this tablet that's going to go in the ground, and we're going to bury it in the Blue Peter Garden. We're going to bring it up in May 2017, and I'm going to open that envelope and see if you're right or not. Maybe a bit extreme, but I'm going to do it anyway. But have you got any thoughts on league position at this stage? Um, I think this season's going to be really tough to predict because <laughs> I know I'm just going to already going to say it's going to be really tough because last year was such an odd season. I mean, Leicester won it. That was odd. You know, Chelsea finished wherever they finished. That was odd. Everything about the season was was strange and you look at it this year and you go all the top teams surely they can't be like that and they're all just going to dominate again the teams that have come up are pretty strong it's going to be really hard but then you look at our squad and go man we've made some really great signings and last year we were actually pretty comfortable I think our ending position was more about the depth of our squad and the fact we pushed so hard just to stay up you know which is what Fletcher kind of said in the interview was that was the aim you know and um, so I think we could see good things I'll be honest I would still settle for us finishing just above the relegation and let's just stay but I'd love to see us go higher and I'm going to say we're going to finish 11th ooh that's interesting. Now, at the game on Wednesday, I was chatting with uh, back of the net listener Gary Chapman, and I said to him, "There's a lot of optimism after our recent signings, and I think some of it is a bit misplaced because we're not the only people making signings here. Uh, Middlesbrough, of course, have added a lot of strings to their bow. There are some clubs that haven't been so active in the transfer market, and." A few clubs where it doesn't look so steady at the moment, Hull being one example. I said to him, at the end of the day, we've got to be better than three clubs, um, two of which in Hull and Burnley, I think we can be confident in doing that. And then it's just one other team. However, I do think we should be more optimistic, but still still fairly level-headed. I, I'm going to say 14th, so two places better than last season. That's my early prediction, but Sean, we're going we're gonna to put our our predictions properly down next week. And am I going to have the company of you in real life or is it going to be a a Skype thing on the next show or what? No, I'm here for the next couple of weeks. So I I leave, well, originally I was meant to go the week before the Man United game. So that was when I was meant to be flying back. So I come over here for my, my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. So we had an awesome party and then I was meant to fly back, back, back home to the family. And then I realized that, 
Five days after I was due to fly home, the Premier League started. So I said to Tasha Partner, look, it only sounds like an extended. She said, yeah, OK, look, book the Sunday. And then I went to do that and thought, oh, what if it's a TV game? Oh. We could be on the Tuesday. So I've had to book the Wednesday. So I ended up getting an extra week and a half. So thank you so much for letting me do that, which meant I could get to go to the game. So I will be here up until the Man United game. And then I reckon we can potentially squeeze in one more show and then after that, I'm back in New Zealand. So you'll still get the same show. It's just that I'll be wide awake because it'll be the morning, drinking coffee. Sam will be late night. He'll be drunk on his G&Ts. But either way, we're really looking forward to bringing you back in the net for the season. Thank you for listening. And uh, your support that you've shown to us has been amazing. And it's just another year of Premier League football. It's so exciting. I cannot wait. It's going to be special. Sean, thank you as ever. No worries. Thanks for welcoming me into your home, Sam. And we will be back next week with our full pre-season wrap-up, Premier League preview, kick-off, and it all begins. See you next week. It is Callum Wilson. Top flight win. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.